0: Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Welcome to the Impact
1: Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer McClure. And today, we'll be chatting with innovation coach, Elia Harris. Elia is an expert in creative problem solving and creating cultures of innovation. She works with managers, business owners, and their teams to get them out of habitual thinking so they can find creative solutions that they couldn't see before. The creator of Lightbulb Thinking Elia's 10 plus years of experience as an organizational trainer and coach and her own experience as a manager seeking a creative approach to leadership has led to her expertise in using creative thinking as the fastest route to becoming an effective leader of a high performing team, which in a time when we all need to be at the top of our game is more crucial than ever. I think you'll enjoy my conversation with Elia because she reminds us that everyone has the capacity for creative thinking and creative problem solving and thinking differently about some of the challenges that you're facing may just be the best way to identify the solution that you need to move forward. Well, welcome, Elia, to the Impact Makers podcast. I'm excited to learn more about you and what you do.
0: So why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you're all about? Great. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Jennifer. My name is Elia Harris. My company is The Potential Center. And what I do is I get leaders and teams out of habitual thinking, something that's very easy for us to fall into, so that they can solve challenges with creative solutions that may have been there all along, but that we just couldn't see them. Mm.
1: How did you land on that? You know, what What was your background that kind of brought you to creating
0: this business and this type of work? Yeah, it, it's an interesting uh, transition for how I got here. My, my life has not, my professional life has not gone in a straight line from A to wherever we are, R. <laughs> so I've had some things along the way. One of the biggest impacts on me uh, coming into this work was when I became a manager myself. I was working in nonprofit organizations and I was heading up fundraising teams And I was feeling like some lack of confidence. I didn't have any management training. I was figuring it out on my own. We had sometimes ridiculous targets that we needed to to work towards. And around that time, um, I did a leadership course for myself. And I was reassured by the fact that I was actually, you know, doing the right things at the right time with the right people. And around that time, I was thinking, I would like to teach this stuff myself. So I started teaching myself more about leadership skills, communication skills. And my area of interest was creative problem solving. So I got this training under my belt and uh, through an opportunity, let's call it being let go, I decided to go into being an organization development consultant, doing training and coaching in these areas. So I started doing that work about 20 years ago. And as I was going more into this work, I was thinking to myself, this is something that was missing. I was getting leadership development uh, opportunities in my leadership roles through training, but I wasn't getting the creative problem-solving side. And so as I started building those skills for myself, I thought, well, hang on a second. This is exactly what is needed for leaders because once you get people solving problems more creatively you increase productivity and people are happier and there you are the manager of a high performing team so i decided to marry the two I marry how to become a better leader with how to help people come up with better solutions and that's what's been driving me the last 5 or 6 years
1: so what what do you how do you kind of define Creative problem solving. I mean, is there a difference between just simple problem solving and being creative in your problem solving approach?
0: Yeah, when people say, "Oh, we have to fix this," or "We have the we have to solve this problem," oftentimes what we do is we sit around the table and we regurgitate the same options, the same solutions that we've been using. Now that is problem solving but it's not creative problem solving. Creative problem solving is where you take the problem and you look at it from different angles. You play with different ideas. And even to the extent of you you have a different idea, how might you express that idea differently? So creativity is about kind of shaking up your brain in a safe way. Uh, no drugs involved, and uh, coming up with a different way of solving a problem.
1: Interesting. I know I've had prior guests on this podcast. Jeff Harry talked about uh, Create creative problem solving through play and he does workshops and teaches people how to be playful and approach that and i can link to jeff's episode in the show notes i found it fascinating and then also recently Aaron Borsema uh, was a guest on the podcast talking about using poetry and other organizational development consultant poetry and then hip-hop lyrics to kind of shake people into creative problem solving when I think creative problem solving I don't know maybe it's my corporate background of forced fun it's bringing everybody in a conference room and giving everybody some markers that smell and uh, sticky notes and things like that and we call it creative problem solving I imagine your approach may include some smelly markers but um you know how do you approach creative problem solving with the leaders you work with
0: yeah, actually you just hit on something um that's worth mentioning. You were talking about using poetry and hip-hop and play, definitely. I'll talk about play separately, but expressing something differently in that way. There are basically four categories of creative thinking tools for when you're ideating. One of them is in it's called re-expression. So how can you express something differently? And Writing a song, writing a poem, writing a hip-hop song, those are perfect examples of that category of tools. So how do you get people to go down this path in a brainstorming meeting? Uh, It's about... I'm going to talk a little bit about light bulb thinking, which is the framework that I developed for creative problem solving, because it's very simple. It's four stages. It's planning, it's ideating, it's choosing, and then it's either implementing or innovating, depending on the outcome of your idea. Planning is really important because If you don't identify the correct problem, you're going to waste a whole load of time. It's going to disillusion people and then they're going to have to just go through that ideating process again when they realize, oh, we were solving the wrong problem. So it's really important to make sure that you spend some time talking about the problem and making sure that you're dealing with the cause and not just a symptom. So once you do that, another Role that the leader plays in all this is being the facilitator of the ideating session. And so this involves putting uh, some logistics into place, like letting people know what the problem is so that they know what they're, they're going to be doing, asking people to prepare ahead of time, or just simply asking them to come with an open mind. When they're in the session, laying out the ground rules and saying, no idea is silly. You know, everything is valid at this stage because <laughs> in brainstorming, sometimes it's the most ridiculous ideas that turn out to be the best ones. So if the leader lays down the grain, g- groundwork and saying, you know, every, vo- every voice is equal, no idea is stupid, and also models that, then it makes it safe for other people to contribute ideas that they think might be too off the wall to contribute. But that's the whole idea of these ideating sessions. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So that, that light bulb framework, those were the first two steps, right? Plan. And then the second one was
0: what? Ideating.
1: Okay. And then how about the third?
0: It's the third one is called choosing. So once you get a list of options, you know, you've got like flip chart paper covered with ideas. How do you narrow that list down to even a short list or to the winning idea? And there are some tools that you can use for that. Really simple ones like, you know, just list pros and cons. Another one is to create a chart with some criteria that you would use for, you know, how would you judge this idea? And it it's things like, you know, how does it support the organization's mission or vision? What kind of budget implications are there? Do we have the right people to work on this? So that gives you a way of narrowing things down. And then the fourth phase of either implementing or innovating uh, depends on what the outcome is of the, the option that you choose. So if it's something that you can implement relatively easily, you might have to get a little bit of budget for it or borrow some people to make it happen, but you can pretty much do it in the next few months, then go ahead and implement that. If on the other hand, uh, it requires a lot more work, or if you think that this idea is so astonishing that it definitely warrants spending more time developing it, creating some prototypes, um, involving more stakeholders, then you move into a different process um, of innovation. And the really nice thing about innovation is that three quarters of the process is creative problem solving. So you've you've pretty well cracked it by the time you get through light bulb thinking. And then the difference is, you know, how do you define what that innovation is and what are the, the practical steps to to implementing it as an innovation?
1: Mm-hmm. So when you're working with groups of leaders on creative problem solving, you use your framework, which I love that, do you find that sometimes it's helpful to either add in some constraints or is it more helpful to give them a magic wand and say, don't think about budget. Don't think about who has to approve this. What's your kind of preferred approach that we're, we're starting here and we need to stay within these boundaries and get as creative as possible, or just open up your mind and think about anything and everything or
0: both. Yeah. It's a great question. Thank you for asking that. I definitely believe in providing constraints For two reasons. First of all, when people know what their guardrails are, then they don't have to think about it. Like when they're told it's at this point that you have to fly your idea past senior management or you only have this amount of budget, then that's one less thing to have to worry about And another reason is that the brain actually works better with constraints when it's coming up with ideas. So, you know, I mentioned there are four different categories of creative thinking tools. One of them is called revolution. And that's where you... You're kind of breaking the brain in a way by taking some of the constraints away or putting lots in. So, here's a really good example. If you shift the time scale, COVID is a perfect example. Pharma companies went from six years to producing a new drug to six months. So, that constraint was we have to produce this in and get it ready and available for use within six months' time. And they did it.
1: Mm-hmm. interesting so you mentioned four that was the first of four I like I like lists so. uh, I mentioned, <laughs> oh, yeah, yes no, that's
0: <laughs> okay they, they get they get bundled up um so re, re-expression was the first one I mentioned where you can express through a poem or a song uh I just talked about revolution random links is this is a classic one where you choose a, a, a noun and an adjective, and you say, you know, how is this like my issue? So, purple elephant, you know, how is my problem like a Purple elephant. And so you use those randomly collected words to take you off in a different direction. And then the fourth category is called related worlds. And this is taking something that exists elsewhere, because there's very rarely anything brand new when it comes to innovation. It's often about repackaging things. So taking something that exists elsewhere and applying it to your issue. So a really good example of that was, uh, you know, Velcro. Mm -hmm. So the way that came about was the inventor was out walking one day and he was walking through a field and there were all these burrs stuck to his pants when he came back. And it gave him the idea for the hook and loop, uh, which became Velcro. So he, he stole that idea from nature and brought it into something that became a technical advantage. Interesting.
1: I do. A, uh, one of my keynotes is around disrupting HR and, and similar to your framework, how to ideate, how to think differently, et cetera. And a couple of the examples that I use similar to that are, you know, Viagra was actually they were testing and trying to create a blood pressure medication.
0: That's but they right. found they
1: found some interesting side effects, you know, through, the, through their <laughs> testing process and bubble wrap. This is another one that I found. Bubble wrap was actually invented by two engineers to be wallpaper. In the 70s, they were trying to create some uh you know, sort of like vinyl wallpaper to be cool, and nobody liked the idea. And so it was sitting around and someone picked it up and packaged something in it in a warehouse, and uh bubble wrap became what it is today. So I did not you know, know that. As you said, there's we often miss opportunities to think creatively because we're trying to pigeonhole our ideas into This is what it's meant to solve when maybe it does solve that, but it might also solve something else. Or if it fails at the original intention, there still may be opportunities for it to be useful elsewhere.
0: Yes. And that's how the post-it note came about, by the way. It was, yeah, it was um, the the, uh, scientist in charge of that project was supposed to find a stronger adhesive. And he came up with this one, which failed miserably, but they went back to it a few few years later and discovered that, you know, it actually had some benefits. So that's how the post-it came about. Mm-hmm. So
1: why do you think, why, why do so many of us, myself included, struggle with the idea of coming up with creative solutions? If you sit me down, even with with scented markers um, and say okay did I Jennifer create some creative solutions I will probably struggle with that because I well I'll let you tell me why maybe I do but um it's possible for all of us so why do we struggle with it
0: it's a, a great question and it's one that not many people are aware of oftentimes people think oh I'm just not creative you know I, I don't have the creative gene and the reality is that it's because of the way the brain works. So the brain evolved from keeping us safe. And, you know, over the millions of years that brains have been progressing, that's still been its prime purpose is to keep us safe. So what it means is that when uh, we hear things that we're familiar with, the brain likes that you know it's it's there there are neural runs like animal runs in our brains and the brain likes to do what feels comfortable and what feels safe when you throw a new idea at somebody it doesn't matter how small that idea is the brain goes oh wait a minute this doesn't fit into any category that i'm familiar with this must be something that hang on everybody we're going to fight we're going to flee or we're just going to freeze. So that's the brain's typical response. And it's very physical. It's the way the neurons work. It's the way the enzymes work. So one of the things that I talk about with people who are new to creative thinking is that it's not your fault if you're unable to come up with brand new ideas, because It's not the way the brain is wired. And the reality is that we are creative in different ways. You know, when it comes to cooking or how we dress, it's just not, we're we're not all adept at expressing ourselves in a way that comes up, up with brilliant ideas in the workplace. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it required for creative problem solving that it be a group situation or can individuals, do you have methods or ways that they can do individual creative problem solving?
0: Yeah, you can do it on your own. You can do it as part of a group. Oftentimes, uh, especially for virtual groups, it's uh, even better to say to people, come up with ideas on your own and then we'll meet, in two days' time and uh, discuss the ideas that you came up with individually. And the techniques that I mentioned, they work just as well when you're working on your own. Uh, I think the thing that helps the most is to actually use old-fashioned pen and paper to not generate ideas by sitting at a computer or if you have access to a whiteboard in your home. Just something that's physical because you're taking information in physically as well as visually. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting, well, what other things are you passionate about in the workplace? Or are you totally consumed with creative problem solving?
0: The other thing, the, the other reason that I do this work is that I'm really passionate about helping young people succeed and about helping them develop leadership and creative problem solving skills because they are our future leaders. They are inher- inheriting some ridiculously complex challenges. And I think that we, older generations, have a responsibility to help younger generations face the new world that's uh, that they're inheriting. So that's another reason why I do this work. And it's why I really enjoy working with new managers, You know, people who are in a management role for the first time and haven't had any management training. Mm-hmm.
1: From your work experience and the work you've done with others, is there an example that maybe you could bring forward Anonymize, if necessary, of a really creative solution to a problem that you and your teams that you've
0: worked with have come up with. I can give you two examples, one from my past and one that's actually in progress at the moment. So I mentioned that uh, I I led uh, several teams in the nonprofit sector, several fundraising teams and there was one in the UK. And we were trying to it was the British Lung Foundation. So it was it was to do with breathing and lung conditions. And one of the the things that I enjoyed most and the the team enjoyed most was that we would come up with new campaign ideas uh, twice a year and we would build on those concepts uh, for the next six months we came up with some really great ideas. Uh, we were able to incorporate something from the arts or something from nature. Uh, so that that was one example. Another example that I, I can't that has to be anonymous because of the type of uh, where they are in their their trajectory is I'm working with a real estate uh, broker who has come up with a different method. For providing services to clients. And so I'm helping her come up with more concepts around that, how to refine those concepts, how to bring her team on board with that. Two examples there.
1: What are your thoughts about AI and how it can be used to either foster creativity or do you have thoughts that maybe You want people to avoid the use of AI tools when trying to generate creative solutions to problems?
0: So, I am one of those people that's not a big AI advocate. Having said that, I have, you know, I stay in touch with technology, and I've heard a number of times that when you're stuck for an idea, say for a title of a webinar or a book or something, that you ask. AI in ChatGPT, you know, what is a good title for a book about the da 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 da? Now, ChatGPT may not come up with the best title, but what it does is it combines words in different ways. And this comes into the the re-expression or the random links. If you're combining words in different ways, it may make you think of something different. So if you're open to that concept, I'm not a big fan of AI for writing, but I think possibly for stimulating ideas, it could help, especially with people who are comfortable with AI.
1: Mm-hmm. I found it for that reason. as you said, you know I, I I'm experimenting with it in a number of different ways, but titles, whether it's the podcast title, this podcast title will probably be assisted by AI. But as you said, I'll upload either a transcript or something that I have written and ask for some suggested titles. And I think Chat GPT and I are on a path where every suggestion from Chat GPT is unleash, unlock, unleash. I'm like, and so now I'm now I'm yelling at it. I'm like, stop using unleash, unlock. In the beginning, the first time it said it, I was like, Oh, that's great. But as you said, I actually am combining, I use BARD as well, which is Google's AI tool, and I'll put things into both of them. And then what I typically end up doing is taking, you know, if I asked for like 10 suggestions or whatever. I'll take the 20 that I get from both of them and and then put them into like a text document and start to manipulate the words around till I come up with something that I like. I I probably 100% of the time don't accept one that they give me. But it does help me to think, oh, I like this about that, or I don't like this about that. I want to remove that one and not even think about it. I'm going to keep that. And so it'll take me, you know, five or 10 minutes to come up with a title, for example, of this podcast. And I probably had 20 or 30 uh, suggestions from AI that I started with to do that. But yeah, I think there's a, you're going to lose something, or at least at this point in the AI journey, we'd lose something if we just, accept what it gives us, especially if you start off and say, write me a blog post on this. That's not going to be your voice, your ideas, and it's going to be an amalgamation of other people's ideas. But I use it more with content that I've already created to help me either flesh it out, make it better, think differently. And I'm hel- It's 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 good at brevity, which I'm not. <laughs> So I'm loving some of the things it's helping me with brevity. Again, take something I wrote, put it in, you know, one of the Bard or or ChatGPT, and say, uh, "Review this and edit for clarity." And my five paragraphs will end up being two, and I'm like. This is great.
0: (laughs) Well, you've just given two perfect examples of how using AI can actually help with the creative process. And when we were talking earlier about whether you can do this stuff on your own or whether you have to be part of a team, in a way, AI is being part of your team by offering up those suggestions. And so you're just evaluating, you're in the choosing phase um, where you're taking you know, a word from this and a word from that and putting it together and coming up, going back to ideating and coming up with new ideas.
1: Oh, I'm going to tell it that today. I'm going to be, because I, I listened to a podcast yesterday. It's like, talk to ChatGPT like it's a person. So I'm going to start my prompt with, since you're my team member and we're working on creative solutions together, suggest 10 titles for this podcast. And it'll come back and say, Unleash Creativity... <laughs> By unlocking, I'll be like, oh, try again, friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know what they come up with because oh, I'm you'll, curious you'll it. now.
1: <laughs> it, it, will, it will, There will be a, an AI assist, but I guarantee you it will be the words that I choose uh, that will end up being the title of this. I'm I'm not in the phase of, oh, I like what you give me yet. Well, tell us a little bit more about it. People want to find out more about you, your work, or there ways that they can work with you, things that you may have to offer that they could learn more about how to develop their own creativity.
0: Great, thank you. Um yeah I've got a masterclass, a free masterclass coming up on the 13th of September about how to generate your next wow idea with your team. Uh, it's less than an hour, lots of good tips. Um, so you can um, write to me at hello at thepotentialcenter.com. That's hello at potentialcenter.com. And I will put you on the list. We haven't quite got the link on the website yet. To find out more about me, what I do uh, in terms of the training that I do, the coaching that I do, working with teams and leadership teams. There's a lot of information on thepotentialcenter.com. I do some speaking as well. So there's information about me as a speaker if you would like me to come in and, and talk about anything that I do. And I particularly, it's worth saying, I particularly like working with companies and small teams that are successful and are productive. And they want to be even more productive and they're willing to invest in their continued success. So for me, smaller is better, small to medium sized organizations um, and teams rather than big corporations. Okay.
1: Well, I'm sure we can learn a lot from you individually as well through the things you share on LinkedIn and through your your website and the materials that you provide. And I will link to your website and how people can find you and uh, also the email address that you mentioned in the show notes. So you can always head over there and find out more ways to learn about Elia's work and how to work with her. So thanks again for joining me today. I feel very creative and inspired. I'm going to go sit with my uh, AI friend and we're going to see what we can generate for the rest of the day today and look forward to the title of this podcast my challenge and again i i'm finding it helpful because i tend to use a lot of words especially on a title or something because it's like your own resume you don't want to like take anything across off your resume because you think it's all important and a good coach will be like that's not important take it off I will create like a 37-word title for a blog post or you know a podcast. Bard is really good at this. Bard will be like, that's way too long. <laughs> Here's three words that say the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh come on, Bard, let's do at least five. <laughs> so,
0: so. Well, thanks for having me on your show, Jennifer. It was great. I love the questions that you asked. And um, I hope your listeners will get some good ideas out of this. Yeah.
1: Get some get some scented markers and uh, start with your <laughs> yes. your idea journey and thanks. post-it notes. <laughs> Absolutely, thanks again for your time today, Elliot. Thanks, Jennifer.
0: It's time for you to get noticed, create change, and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review.